Hello, thank you for tuning in to The Right Life. My name is Maureen McDowell, and this week is the beginning of summer in my household. It's the end of the school year, and my child is transitioning from his junior year into his senior year of high school, which is really exciting for all of us. And it's very strange, as you can imagine, considering I think of myself as a senior in high school or rather maybe only a couple years older. 19 years old has always been the age that I have seen myself as. So I thought over the years that maybe it would, I would get a little older, maybe move up into 20, 21, 23, but no, I've stayed solidly happy at 19 years old. So I'm gonna lead today's episode with a poem that I wrote inspired by a trip to New Jersey that we took to visit my son's Nona and his uncle Al and when he was seven years old and it's called Jersey Daydreams. Riding the bus on the Jersey side, I nudge your seven-year-old self to look across the Hudson at the New York City skyline. So many lives bustling about, dreams being made and broken. That's nice, you say. Don't you realize how fortunate you are? You get to go on grand adventures, exploring places different from where you were born. I'm hungry, you say. Your young mind is nestled safely, unencumbered. My adult mind regularly crashes while narrowly escaping one existential crisis after another. I'm thirsty, you say. The basics, the bone and marrow of life, simplify. Trim the fat. You remind me daily to live like that. I wanted to read that poem because I am constantly in awe of my child and watching him blossom into a young adult. He spent, his birthday was yesterday, so his birthday always falls at the end of the school year. He's 17. I moved out of my house when I was 17 years old. He is nowhere near ready to move out of my house. <laughs> so part of me feels grateful for that because he's not in a rush to grow up and get away from me. I was in a very different headspace when I was 17. I couldn't, read, I couldn't wait to get out of my household, especially as the oldest child. I just wanted to be free and unencumbered from helping with my younger siblings and just all the dynamics that were going on at my household at the time. We had a boyfriend of my mother living with us who didn't like me and it was just really, really tricky. And I moved in with a friend. Her mother was gone a lot, traveling for work, and I moved in with her and I think I was a horrible roommate because I basically just, when school got out, her house butted up right up against the back of our high school and I could walk out her back gate and go into the school, which was wonderful. And then as soon as I like was done with school, I would be home. It's like the dream scenario for an introvert. But when I moved into her house, I just crashed hard because I had just been in fight or flight mode pretty much my whole entire life living in my the household that I lived in. And I just went into like a deep cocoon mode and a deep depression. I wasn't a good roommate at all. And after about, 
um, I believe it was probably second semester of school, her mom was like, I don't think this is working out. I think you need to find somewhere else to live. And then I was able to secure an apartment actually with my um, sister, which we didn't get along. So we would ignore each other, but live in the same space together. And that was always very interesting. But I proceeded to move an average of two times every year for like the next 10 years of my life because I would get into situations with roommates where I um, would magnetize people that were pretty low energy because I was still very much low energy because of the household I'd come up come up in and also I hadn't done a lot of healing or any healing work I would say on myself other than reading books which is a healing form of healing itself and writing so I would magnetize people that were like going through their own mental health challenges or addiction challenges or just I remember I lived with this these two women at one point and one of them just like barely moved from the couch and just like chain smoke cigarettes um, and then the other one like always was busy like never sat still so they were like polar opposites of them of each other but they were both like deep in just like mental illness of like not being able to deal with life or cope and at one point one of them was like we went grocery shopping and your half of the grocery bill is $170 and I was like what are you talking about like that's how much I make in a week actually less than that I made at that time in a week and I um, packed up my whole pickup truck in the middle of the night and like fled <laughs> so there was a lot of experiences that I would get myself into living situations particularly where I would like flee or like leave as soon as things got at least at all rocky because I just couldn't deal with anything and I wouldn't allow myself to stay in a situation where I was suffering in any way shape or form but that so that looked like a lot of like breaking up with people and I used to feel really bad about it but now that I know myself better I realized that it was just my coping mechanism to try to move towards better and better things and better and better environments. So the fact that my child has like no desire to leave the apartment we live in, like he wants to take it over. He wants to stay in the building because we live in the same building as my gram as his grandmother and she lives downstairs and we've got a good friend that lives next door. So it's like, he doesn't want to move. He doesn't want to go anywhere. And, um, I just feel, part of me feels like, okay, you've done a good job because this kid is in no rush to grow up. Um, he's still like has his jobs and does Comic-Con events where he's selling his artwork. So he is entrepreneurial. So I am really not worried. He's not just sitting around and not moving forward in his life in any way. But the fact that he isn't in a rush to move out of the house is always wonderful. And summer is just such a nice reprieve where we can just rest and regroup and travel so um i will be recording this podcast from paris next week so i'm really curious to see what kind of life i've lived between now and then i'm hopping on a plane tomorrow morning um actually when you hear this podcast i will be on a plane um heading to frankfurt germany and then hopping on a train to paris and staying in paris for a week and then going to wiesbaden germany for about six days um, with my bow 
and we're gonna eat, drink, and be merry. We've got some events to go to some poetry open mics, and he's gonna check out some art galleries because he's an artist, and lots of um, jazz, gypsy jazz, and bookstores, and drinking by the river, and we'll see. That's the exciting part. So with the ending of school comes with time for travel, and that's always very exciting and to escape the heat in Florida, which is unseasonably warm right now. Sometimes we can get all the way through May and it's not too bad, but it's just been like so like deadening hot um, lately. So, but I wanted to read that poem, Jersey um, Daydreams, because that's one of the biggest lessons of being a parent is having this child that is so different than me. We're both creatives, but he just has this very calm, old soul spirit. And I'm definitely a lot more fiery than him. And I, and I definitely get a lot more anxious than he does. He gets anxious in different ways than me. But I think as he gets older, it, it's more teenage anxiousness than actual, like, his soul anxiousness. But... I'm always having to like be reminded to breathe and calm down and I get overwhelmed very easily and this kid is very chill and just like centered and grounded. And one thing as a parent that I made a very strong effort to do was to not project my crap on him. And if I did ever get into a space, because we're human, we're not perfect, if I ever did get into a space where I would project my crap on him. I would Im immediately apologize and explain what was going on with me. I'm sorry I was overtired. I'm sorry I've had a rough day. I'm sorry this person hurt my feelings. This is no excuse for my behavior because bad behavior, you know, even though you may be having a bad day or overtired or someone hurt your feelings, doesn't mean it, it doesn't give you a right to take it out on the people around you. But I would apologize for my behavior and be accountable and say I will try not to do that again to the best of my ability. And so we've really established this space of trust and that's taught me how to carry that over into all my relationships of being immediately accountable. And it used to be, especially growing up in a household that didn't necessarily feel safe, whenever I would do something wrong or upset somebody or behave in a bad way, I would just flee. I would, my MO was kind of like lose my temper, get really upset, yell, and then flee and calm myself down in another room and I've gotten better about not doing that and not allowing myself to get to that level. I still get to that level sometimes with my mother, if my mother is listening, but we all know that our parents put our triggers in us so they know how to push our buttons. But she's learned over the years that um, I just need some time to cool down and then I'll come and talk to her about it and um, and she's also learned how to be accountable too. Um, and that's always been interesting to see, uh, how your parents grow and evolve. If hopefully not all parents grow and evolve, but my parents, um, I definitely feel like I'm in a pretty good space with them now. I'm, I have both of my parents. They're still alive, thankfully. Um, and, uh, that's been a really interesting journey to raise a child in addition to watching my parents get older, which is a very common space to be in uh, as a woman in your 40s. Uh, so my hope is that my parents um, keep on 
doing their own thing for as long as possible and I can have adventures and travel and um, yeah so I'm really excited about the trip I'm really excited to see um, what kind of inspiration I get as far as to bring back to my city to bring back to my own life that's one of the wonderful gifts of travel to be able to see a new perspective uh, about yourself and about your life and even if you can't afford to travel which I um, have been to Europe one other time in 2019 like right before COVID hit it was wild it was October 2019 actually I heard about COVID while I was there in the paper and or, or over NPR I was listening to it and I had this weird feeling I th oh I think I saw it on the New York Times because I have their app and I had this weird feeling about it like my witchy vibe went off I'm like oh I don't think this is a good thing and um so I haven't been back to Europe since then but that trip basically like my mom covered a lot of it thank you mommy it was for her 70th birthday and I've never really been afford been able to afford to do a lot of major travel until recently and they're still like small trips so I feel really grateful to be able to do that and it is definitely a place of privilege to be able to travel and and um, to be able to afford it but um, this is the first time that I've actually gone uh, to Europe without my parent <laughs> so it's going to be a whole new experience which I'm really excited about and hopefully we'll be able to do it for a longer period next summer after my kid graduates and bring my child along with us uh, as a graduation present that would be just so lovely and tour and be artists and um, in Europe and experience that life which is very different than um, the United States especially now I won't get into politics but it is a tricky time in the state of Florida it is a tricky time um, so I am glad to kind of get out of the energy of this country and being a new one because that is the thing about travel every place has its own energy and its own vibe and like in the poem when I mentioned about Jersey daydreams like I remember when I saw the New York skyline for the first time and it was just so epic because when we would stay in New Jersey we would take a bus um, from Edgewater New Jersey it was it was like four dollars and 25 cents to take a bus for about an hour and it would take you right into New York City and just the feeling when the bus goes through the Lincoln Tunnel and comes up into the city and you can feel the energy of the city at least I can and that was always such a wild feeling of the difference and then just the the anticipation of, of going along because a, a lot of the bus route goes right along the Hudson River and you see the skyline across the the river and just that feeling of anticipation and then also like when you leave like watching the skyline as you're pulling back into New Jersey and how the energy shifts and gets calmer and quieter in the area where we lived or stayed um, it, Edgewater at the time it used to be a predominantly Italian area and my child's Nona um, she grew up in Croatia so the Italian energy was in her blood and so that was some of my first big trips were going to New York City and just wandering around by myself I had friends that were there and I would take the bus and go across the you know the Hudson and go into the city and the first stop that we always make is to go to the Strand bookstore 
So I would get, I would get um, off at Union Square and walk to the Strand Bookstore. And my child went um, up there for the first time by himself to stay with his Nona. And they went into the city to see Hamilton. Um, and uh, the first place that he wanted to go after he went to go see Hamilton was the Strand Bookstore. So that made me feel like so wonderful that he was wanting to go to the same places that we went together. So... But yeah, it's wild to watch a child grow up and you just kind of hope that you did it right. <laughs> Especially as a single parent. Like, I've been a single parent since he was nine. Excuse me, that's not true. Uh, we moved into the apartment we are currently in when he's nine, when he was nine. I became a single parent when he was um, a couple months before he turned seven. So a large, it's been over 10 years now that I have been a single parent. I mentioned that my mother lives in the building with us, so she's been a wonderful help, but you know, being a creative and a single parent is not for the weak. Luckily, my child is also a creative, so we have been able to uh, collaborate. He did the cover of my third poetry book. Um, and also, like, we both need a lot of personal space and time to do our art and also just to, like, stare at the wall, which is daydreaming is a huge part of being a creative. So I have one end of the apartment and he has the other end and... We, we meet in the middle and chat and discuss movies or what book I'm reading or what listen to his favorite band. or So I, I often wonder what it would have been like if I had raised a child that was like really into like soccer <laughs> or like in band and had to be like, I have a friend whose kid is in band and they're taking them all over the state, you know? Or if I had to, like, have a full-time job, basically, of making sure that my kids' extracurricular activities um, are, you know, covered, driving all over the place. But my kid is a, kind of a hermit like I am, and he's pretty easygoing. So I'm, I'm grateful that, um, you know, the child that he is is absolutely perfect for me. And I, I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but he is my youngest he was born to my youngest sister and I was married at the time and we took him in to live with us when he was three months old uh, with about four days notice. Uh, my sister has battled addiction and um, I wasn't, I actually had made a decision to not have children and uh, because I was a create, I am a creative and there is a lot of, um, alone time and almost, I won't use the word selfish because I don't like that language around creativity but you do need a lot of space to be productive as an artist uh, at least that's what I thought uh, but once James came to live with us um, it was we thought it was temporary I had taken six months off of school um, and I was enrolled um, at University of South Florida for English and but it ended up not being temporary thankfully <laughs> thankfully what a gift that I got to be a mother uh, but he came what I say uh, almost like a cabbage patch doll he was about three months old so he was sleeping through the night and had moved out of the larva stage that's what I, I call the first three months into starting to become like this full little human and uh, I had a writing room at the time that was painted red, the same color as my childhood bedroom. 
and I put his pop-up crib because as I said I thought we were it was going to be temporary until my sister um, got on her feet uh, unfortunately she it took her many many years to get somewhat on her feet and she still does struggle so um, but I had the pop-up crib in the corner of my writing room and uh, that worked for a while but then you know kids grow when you feed them so I gradually moved my writing room into the the back the Florida room and he took over the red room and we painted uh, my ex-husband was an artist I guess he still is an artist um, he painted panda bears on the walls and James had his own little setup in there and it was funny because from I we had a pit bull at the time, so I would gate his bedroom so the dog couldn't get in. And the dog, we tried to have a puppy with this dog, and it did not work. So um, we kept them separate. And so I would stay in the the bedroom, James's bedroom, with uh, put a pillow down on the floor, and I would just read and write while he like bebopped around the room. And he's always busy. To this day, he's always busy. And I'm somebody that my mind will be busy, but I'm not necessarily physically busy. He's physically busy. He's sewing a costume or texting a friend while watching a movie or drawing on his drawing tablet or making buttons. He's always doing something. And, and from a very early age, he started taking apart all of his toys and reassembling them into sculptures. And, it's, and then so you'd have all these different levels of sculptures that were repurposed toys all over his bedroom. And it's so funny because I wish I had a photo of it, but we didn't have a camera at the time, and this was before cell phones. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Because he was born in 2006. So, and I didn't get a cell phone until I was 35, which is funny. And um, that was one of the things I said, well, you can't have a cell phone until until you're the same age as I was and he would he says well how old are you I go 35 and he's like mom I did get him to wait until he was in ninth grade which I he actually has this is kind of a tangent but he's actually thanked me for making him wait to get his cell phone because he has a lot of friends that can't even sit through a movie because their attention spans are so short because they're always used to being on the phone so he grew up without a cell phone and we didn't have a TV in the house we had a DVD player so as he got older I would um, pop in a DVD and that would be my writing time that hour and a half and I used to think that I needed long stretches of writing time uh, like hours and hours and hours but I gradually um, got used to about the hour and a half of writing time and um, I kind of amended my ways and I still kind of stick with that if, if anything's gonna come and it's gonna come in an hour and a half that doesn't necessarily mean editing editing is separate time but I'm talking about like actual really creative time to sit down and do work I try to stretch it out now as as he's gotten older the time limit is stretched out more but during that period an hour and a half was just as long as the DVD ended and then I would you know you, you could say, oh, just put another movie in, but I wasn't that kind of parent. I wanted him to go play and be outside. So, But back to when he had his bedroom, I would just sit on the floor um, drawing, not drawing, excuse me, reading or writing, 
and then he would create all these little sculptures and that's kind of always been our dynamic like I'm nearby doing my own thing reading or writing and he's in his room or be bopping around the house um, being creative so it's been a blessing getting to be a parent of another little creative and watch them grow and now he's moving into his senior year and he's decided to take a gap year after uh, college which I think is a great idea especially with kind of the state of our Florida University system um, I would like him to wait maybe things hoping things will calm down a bit uh, as far as that goes but uh, and then you know this will be an opportunity to travel or do new things or also just to lay around which I am totally fine with as a parent if you need to just chill out and lay around and have a part-time job that's cool because after 12 years of schooling my gosh I was exhausted too so I am sending all of you lots of love as you begin your summer adventure if you are a parent um, if you're not a parent remember those times uh, when you got out of when summer you know came around the year I graduated high school Smashing Pumpkins album Siamese Dream came out so maybe this is this week you could play some music from that time period maybe you do anyway I mean I listen to the same music over and over again because the 90s were the best for music as far as I was concerned um, but I do if you are traveling um, safe travels I hope that you have a wonderful adventure ahead of you and even if you can't get away or get out of town there's lots of ways you can travel uh, just around your own neighborhoods um, go for a walk and maybe explore areas of your neighborhood you've never explored before or offer to house sit for a friend and explore their neighborhood I did that recently and uh, for about a week and a half and uh, I explored a neighborhood in my uh, city that I had only just driven through and that was so fascinating to look at the architecture and the houses and I found a really cool swing and I um, went to the local coffee shop and just really there was little free libraries places and just walked to the neighborhood that was a lovely uh, way to kind of be a tourist in your own city or you know go go someplace that you haven't been before like the way that St. Pete's works downtown is totally different than the beaches the north part of the county is totally different than the south part of the county so you could you know there's also a book especially um, around Florida that is called one tank trips like just hop in your car if you have the time and the, the money to do it and just like drive a lot yourself a certain amount of time like say it's a Thursday well, that would be for those of us that are freelance and make our own schedule. But if it's a weekend, for example, like, you know, say you want to be home by 6 o'clock. So divide the day in half by whatever time you leave and then just get in your car and drive in one direction until it's time to turn around. And maybe look around where you're at and find a cute place to eat or maybe figure out, like, what's available in that area. I used to do that a lot a couple years ago with a friend of mine. We would just go and just hop in the car and go, okay, well, we have to be back by this time. And we just do the halfway mark and then turn back around. And that's a one tank trip. It might not even be one tank of gas. 
and it was so neat to explore areas that were just around your hometown. So my wish for you is you have safe travels if you any of you are embarking on any adventures this week as I am. And um, I will see you next week or talk to you next week from Paris, France, which is going to be wild. I'm bringing my podcast equipment and the the young woman that wanted to be a photojournalist when I was a young child is, feels like I'm like I feel so interesting. I'm bringing my podcast equipment overseas. So I will be um, chatting with you from Paris, France this time next week. And please have a wonderful rest of your week. And please be you. It's a good look on you. All right. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to The Right Life.